you're about to enter the world of Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave. Let's go! guys what's going on welcome to the show and help my turn the camera on so you can see me anyway what's going on guys welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host jeff trenopole the ice man and as always i'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the university of cincinnati bearcats the american athletic champions of the football universe well at least for a conference they're gonna be really good this year now do me a favor if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,133 subscribers. That is awesome. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you'd like to support what I'm doing on the YouTube channel, we have they have this new thing called Super Chats. So you guys can jump on and support what I'm doing. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, let's get into it. I got to get a little, I know it's Bengals media day, but I got to get a little red stuff off my chest here for a little while. At least it's starting to show. Don't we get into Bengals. And I have a great guest coming on. He's in the waiting room waiting on me to shut up so I get to talk, talk to him. But let me get this out of here real quick. The Reds came off a great week. They started out by sweeping the Tweety Birds. They ended it by sweeping the Rockies. During that week, they lost Sonny Gray and TJ Anton. They are one game above 500, first time since early April. This team has fought, scratched, clawed its way to where it is right now. Right now, and I've said it before, is the time for the Reds, 
front office to go get some bullpen help. Because if they don't, the Reds are going to have to just keep knocking the cover off the ball. So it gets our leads get so big, it's not a big deal if the bullpen comes in. Because we know the bullpen has literally blown a seven-run lead in one inning. <laughs> Which I know, I'm Mr. Optimist. I am. I'm, I'm optimistic. But when you have a gaping hole in your team, it makes a little bit of a problem. Now, I know Crown Apple Kid, one of my regular viewers, has said over and over. He's actually said this since April that he wants Hunter Green up here. Hunter Green is actually getting uh, moved up to AAA, which is great. He's making the right progress. Maybe he'll be up here in September. Lodolo is still in AA. He's battling a blister. Those guys are not ones that I particularly want to count on in my bullpen in a playoff stretch. I would prefer, well, I would have preferred the Reds had done something in the offseason to fix this problem, but they didn't. So this is where we're at. We're five games out. We're in third place. We are in this thing. There is no dominant team in the NL Central. All of them got holes. The Reds' bullpen needs to step up. Somebody's got to step up that bullpen, or they need to start making some trades, and it starts hopefully tonight. Now, tonight, this is the batting order we got tonight. The Punisher, Arcidis Aquino, is back. He's in center field. Pretty much same lineup, Sever Kino and uh, Tyler Stevenson is catching, but, you know, Stevenson and Barnhart switch back and forth. This is the lineup that has been winning multiple games for us. Now, this is how the Reds' offense have stacked up against the pitcher tonight. Uh, Eric Lauer, I think I'm saying his name. Those are pretty good numbers. So I think the Reds have a very good shot of winning two out of three. They need to win two out of three. We need to get this momentum going because I was watching MLB uh, baseball earlier today, and they're on there talking about, well, you know, we got this trade deadline coming up. And one of the big names you got to keep an eye out for is Nick Castellanos because I'm not sure the Reds are, are, are you know, in this or, or, or a playoff contending ball club. I think they are if you can go get somebody in that bullpen to contribute consistently. And if the Reds want any shots at all, of keeping Nick Castellanos because he can opt out, which I think he's going to opt out anyway. But here's my point. Nick Castellanos has said from day one, all he wants to do is win. If you look at this team, this team has taken on his personality. They fought, scratched, clawed, doing everything they can to win. Nick Castellanos is a huge part of this team and this the future of this team. Yes, he's 30, but he's still got a lot long a couple of years of baseball left to prove to him that you want to win. You need to go get some pitching to have any shot at keeping him. Now, the other good news or other good news we had today is the all-star balloting came out and the wink and Nick Cassianos are leading in the left and right field. So if you guys have not voted, make sure you go to MLB.com and make sure you get your votes out there. So we can at least have those two starting in left and right field because in my opinion, those guys are in a battle between themselves for the National League MVP. All right, let's get to my guest. He's in the waiting room. He is from, they have a podcast. It's called uh, Sam Old Stripes. He also is a writer for Last Word on the NFL. He is none other than. <laughs> Willie, what's going on, brother? Not much, my friend. I just got – I'm fresh off of the uh, the Battle of the Columbus Interstate. I survived uh-huh. once again, doing it uh, quite well. Unfortunately, <laughs> the other driver is maybe a little less than me. 
I don't know, I like to brag a little bit on my own driving skills, even though they're probably closer to the middle. I just got to say, that was quite the intro graphic you had for me there. That was wonderful. I've never seen that before. <laughs> well, I try I try to make it a little special when you guys come on much of it. You know, I, I appreciate you, you taking the time out and coming on the show. I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very happy to talk some Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, today, like you mentioned earlier in the show, media day. Yes. Getting those new faces and new stripes. Obviously, we've seen some big names in already, but – Always fun to see guys like Trey Hendrickson throwing on the his brand new number ninety one for Cincinnati and yes sir talk about with this team right now so I'm excited to talk with you man exactly and and we had uh, Big Daddy Bio Tyler Tyler Shelvin who you happened to write an argue, article about here uh, I think you just released it today because I retweeted it today at least I found it today That's correct. yeah <laughs> uh, so uh, go ahead and I read it. it was a really good article uh, of how the comparison for him and, and putting DJ Reader next to each other and how. And I agree with it. That that is going to be the key to our run stop this year. It is is those two along with Open Joby, and then you get the guys coming out from the outside. Our defense has got talent this year, I think. Yeah, I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there and kind of making some major points. But just to go into a little bit more, I mean, I think as much as we talk about some of the exciting names and the exciting faces we have, I mean, I just mentioned Trey Hendrickson. We drafted Joseph Osai. Obviously, you're going to have Larry Go in the middle with DJ and uh, Big Shell. Or what's your nickname for Tyler Shelvin? Real fast, I loved it. Buy, buy you, Big Daddy. Man, I love it. I can't. I can't take credit for it. It's my, it's my co-host Jeremy, who actually he's not on the show today because he got his second COVID shot, so he's not feeling so hot. So that's why he's not here. But he, but I'm not taking credit for it. That was his nickname. He calls him Big Daddy Bayou because I don't know how young you are, but back in the day, we drafted Dan Wilkinson out of Ohio State, and he, oh, yeah. his nickname was Big Daddy. But Tyler Shelvin is going to do what Dan Wilkinson was supposed to do, and he didn't do. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm familiar with, uh, with Dan Wilkinson. I'm a Cincinnati native, even though I'm a Columbus plant here. But <laughs> I definitely grew up on all that great Bengals history. Well, some of it great, some of it not so great. Yeah. Talk about the not so great stuff to save the Bengals fans on the, that are watching your show today. But <laughs> I think a really important point for people to kind of understand is, like, how important this defensive line is going to be. And for a guy like Tyler Shelvin to step up in year one, I mean, that's going to be one of those things that could really make or break what this team is going to be able to do as a run-stopping unit. I mean, when you look behind the guys on the defensive line, it starts getting a little scary. I really, really like Logan Wilson entering his second year. Huh? I think Jermaine Pratt is solid. I'm not 100% sold on what he's doing so far at the linebacker position, but I think he's all right. But then you start looking down the columns there, and you're like, I don't really feel good about Jordan Evans stopping too many runs this year if he really has to make a play. I don't know if I feel great about Akeem Davis-Gaither after one year in the NFL making a lot of plays. I mean, Marcus Bailey we've seen, like, none of. So, right. we're really going to have to invest in that defensive line. or I guess they've already invested in it, but as fans, right. we really have to believe in that being the axis of kind of how this defense is going to be able to, like, bring guys to the ground. As I mentioned in my piece, uh, I think it was the Bengals have given up, what, 4,750 rushing yards in the last two seasons. That's the most in football. It's just not going to be able to continue like that trend. It doesn't right. work for this team. Those big guys are going to have to step up up front. I mean, that's the way I see it anyway. Well, well the thing is, is, is if the Bengals can get consistent pressure, which I really – I'll put it to you this way. This is the most talented and deepest team that Zach has had. Certainly. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. These guys, I think, can actually do what Lou is trying to do. He's trying to do the, the, the morphing defense. You know, whatever that team does good that week, he's trying to stop it. And I think he's actually had guys 
who can drop back into coverage when you don't expect it to. Like last year, he tried to get Carlos Dunlop to do it, and that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. Yeah. And Carlos, Carl Lawson. I think Joseph Osai can, Sample can, um, and and then you had and you had the rotation of, of Big Daddy Bayou and Open Joby and DJ Reader in there, and along with Mike Daniels. So you got four guys right there that you can rotate. You guys got you got guys coming in, coming out, doing all kinds of different things. If you get pressure on the quarterback consistently, that makes it a lot easier for your cornerbacks and your your linebackers. Yeah, and I think you hit on a key point there that's been rattling in my head a lot too, which is creating pressure for everyone else or creating kind of like that coverage time for everyone else for this defensive right. group to really be able to get pressure. They're going to need a little more coverage than they've had in recent seasons. And when you have you know guys like Winston Rose playing big snaps, it just doesn't work for the rest <laughs> of the defense. But right, now exactly. you have a guy in Henderson coming in who's like, Known as the pressure set or the pressure sack king. I mean, right. If this defense is going to be able to like hold up even a little bit more, give you know guys like Henderson and guys like Hubbard an extra second. I mean, that's going to make all the difference, and that's going right. to change seventeen sacks pretty quickly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. D. Ray has got a, a comment here in the chat. Here's I think the Bengal or I think the defense is going to be hundred percent better. You have to get pressure on the quarterback, and if we and if. If the O line plays good, we are playoff bound. And that's the thing. Now, see, this is where my bold prediction, and if I if, if uh, it, might, it might be an article coming out, we'll see on on last word on NFL. I finally I finally got it to submit. We'll see if they like it and see if they put okay. it out there. But my I, I did it on my defending the my bold prediction of eleven and six for the Bengals, and I do I, I do think they have a shot at doing that. The reason being, and my comparison is the O five team. The 05 team was uh, uh, the offensive line was was better. They're going to beat us there. The offensive line was better. If this offensive line can be adequate to to good to average, and this defense can be opportunistic as that 05 team was, this offense is going to score 25 to 30 points a game. So I mean that that's where I'm like they have a shot. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. Like I said, it's it's a bold prediction, which it is. It's a bold prediction. I'm probably going to be wrong, but hey, whatever. But that's where I think the Bengals have a shot at doing this. And now it all hinges on them staying healthy. And the last couple of years, they have just gotten injured and injured and injured. Hopefully, it's got to stop sometime, right? I mean, you can't keep getting injured every freaking year. At least you would think so. Yeah. So that's where I think the my optimism comes in. That we need the defense to be good, not great. We need the offensive line to be good, not great. But we need the offense to be great, which I think it will be. And – before we even get into my analysis portion of it here, I, I mean, I look at all your Cincinnati sports gear up there. I mean, can you imagine the vibe in this city if the Bengals come out and go 11 and 6 and make a play? Oh, here? dude, it'll be going nuts. We'll, we'll be going freaking nuts. I mean, we're going to have Joe Burrow jerseys dangling from banners all down <laughs> from downtown Cincinnati. There's going to be people climbing poles, and that's before even making a playoff game. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Making a playoff game. People are going to be excited. Exactly. Well, I really don't think your 11-6 prediction is that far off. When you look at the schedule, especially in the early portion where they're really going to have to beat up on some teams that, you know. They're winnable. Teams they're, really, yeah. yeah there's a, I mean, there's a very – we get past Minnesota, there's a very good chance we could be undefeated going into to, to Green Bay. And Green Absolutely. Bay might not have Aaron Rodgers. If they don't have Aaron, which I mean, the Bengals have actually done pretty good versus Aaron Rodgers. You don't have, you, you don't have Aaron Rodgers. They beat Green Bay. Then you go to the Detroit. They can be five and zero. Oh. I mean, pretty easy. That's where I'm like, yes, it's a tough schedule, but the way they set it up, it actually works out pretty good for the Bengals. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. You're totally good. 
I just really see exactly what you're saying there. If you pad some of those early season games, get yourself some hard earned wins, get yourself, you know, the games you should win really like the Bengals should beat the bears. Like let's just, Get that right out I mean, there. You, you you got either Andy Dalton or Justin Fields as your quarterback. I'm sorry. We got the better quarterback. I mean, obviously. And you're going to have – if it's Justin Fields, then he's going to be in one of his first two starts as a pro one way or another. And those typically don't go super awesome for young right. quarterbacks just because there's so much coordination that it's going to take. But then you have the Steelers after that. And then when you look at the end of this schedule, it is a little horrifying. I think if I, it's, I'm it's correctly, it's like 49ers, yeah. uh, Ravens, Browns, Chiefs down the stretch there. So yeah. you're really going to want to pad those wins early. But maybe exactly. if you start building that momentum early, you have that extra feeling of confidence. And maybe you go steal one of those. Yeah, there's your chart right there. And there's your 11-6 yep. record, people. <laughs> maybe not unfeasible when you really look at it. <laughs> well, um, it's funny that people give me all kinds of crap because I got us losing to the Raiders and, and, and beating the Chiefs. But, I mean, honestly, it's going to be really hard the last five games. Those, those are no jokes, dude. I mean – I mean, Denver might be the easiest one, but if Aaron Rodgers is there, and Denver's never easy to play. Yeah, you got the 49ers, you got the the Ratbirds. I mean, oh my, like, I got I got to pick one win in there, so that's why I kind of I kind of did what I did. But hey, yeah. we beat we beat the Chiefs in 03 when they were uh, undefeated too. Remember? Maybe we just need Jamar Chase to claim or call a victory ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> AKA uh, Chad Johnson, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Got to exactly. pay a little homage to past greats. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you got some people in here talking about Chidabe Awuzier. What do you? What are your thoughts on our basically our com- completely revamped secondary? We had Trey Waynes, but he never played last year. So I mean, everybody's new in the, in the secondary. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on them? Well, I'll first start out by saying a negative thing, and then I'll get into the positive Uh-oh. things quickly. I think my most obvious thing that's going to happen, regardless of where the Bengals end up picking next year, is you can. I'm claiming it. It's June 14th, 2021. I really believe the Bengals' first round pick in 2022 is going to be a corner. It's just the way it's going to look. Uh, but from there, it really just depends on which one of Wayne's or Wuzier really emerges this season. Obviously, Mike Hilton's going to be your kind of dynamo guy where you move him all over the field, do different stuff with him. Uh, but Cheeto and Waynes, very, very interesting guys. Because when you look at the pro football focus grades for those guys, they don't love them. But when you read stuff and you read their kind of like internal pro-level scouting stuff, I mean, there's people that rave about the work ethic for those two. And if you're building a club like that, you're building a team that is built on this work ethic. I mean, if you're all making each other better than some of your parts, which I really think with a guy like Jesse Bates leading that secondary you really, really have a chance to – and I see a comment there that we're picking 32nd next year, so hopefully there's a good corner. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that there's a really high ceiling on Awuzie in particular. I think Waynes, we kind of know who he is at this point. He's going to be a solid to plus solid level outside corner, probably closer to a corner two in reality. Um, didn't have the most amazing tape when I went back and watched some of that Viking stuff, but right, right. I mean, dude can compete. And I think when we're bringing in guys that want to be here, want to work their tails off. I mean, it's a big difference from what we've had in recent years. And I don't think you're going to hear Trey Wayne's if he leaves slamming the fan base on whatever radio he goes to. Right, right, right. Exactly. And then don't forget about Mike Hilton. I mean, he's one of the best blitzing corners in all of football. So I'm really right. hoping that Lou yeah. takes advantage of that too. So and it, going back from the Steelers, like you take away one of their secret right. weapons. It's yes. crazy. 
that 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 is awesome. Let's get into the to the squeal. I call them the squeal, squealers on the show. You, you say it. the other word. Yeah, you say the other word. I consider cussing. But, <laughs> um, they're on your show. <laughs> well, let's get get into them because I mean, I don't think they're going to have that good of a season. I mean, they lost two of their starting offensive linemen. Yes, they drafted a running back, but their offensive line stinks. Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. I don't. I think there's a good. I got to split with them and uh, on my schedule because. It's always tough. It's always tough playing them, but I really do think we can sweep it. To be honest, I, I don't. I didn't pick it that way, but I really do think we can. I mean, if you want to know how I feel about that roster right now, I think it's very obvious that they have the worst quarterback in the division, and the only oh, yeah. people that are going to argue otherwise are Steelers fans. <laughs> and I think they'd be very lucky not to come in last place in the AFC North. I don't see them winning two games against the Browns, or even one game against the Browns. I don't see them taking a game from the Ravens. I mean, those are two really, really deep, good right. football teams. Where is Pittsburgh going to be able to outwork them? Like special teams or something? I just don't see it. And, you know, they have T.J. Watt, which does elevate your ceiling on the defensive line, and that can really mix things up for you. Minka Fitzpatrick, great player. But when you look down that roster, you're just like, I feel like there's a lot of nothing on this team. Right. You're not looking at the big names you used to see. They do, they've lost a lot of those kind of fringe guys that have made them really special in recent years. They've lost Bud Dupree. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster isn't what Juju Smith-Schuster used to be when they were playing him his first and second year out of the slot. Well, yeah, he doesn't have Antonio Brown with him. <laughs> makes a that, big difference when you have some yeah. separation a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Exactly. Now let's get let's get to the, to uh, the Browns. Excuse me, the Clowns and the Ratbirds. To me, the way they the way to beat them. Is you have to stop the run. I mean, and you and that includes uh, Lamar Jackson. You you got to. I want the Bengals to make Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson sit back there and pass and beat us that way. Because yeah. if you watch the last couple of years, they've run all over us. I mean, that, that's been. I mean, last I think it was. A, I can't remember second game with the Browns or the first game. One of them. If there was another quarter, I think the Bengals might have came back and won that because we kept scoring, but they got out in front of us and we couldn't catch them and our defense couldn't stop them with their three headed, uh, or I mean, excuse me, Baltimore's three headed running back, but, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the Brad, the clowns got two of them there. Two really yeah. good running backs. Yeah. Crazy running backs there. And I think really in both of those Browns games, excuse me, clowns, I keep swearing on your show. And I'm not, <laughs> uh, that's all right. I'll forgive you. <laughs> in both of those Cleveland games, there were opportunities for the Bengals to win. The second one, I really think they should have won if their defense had any sort of spine and any sort of health going on. (laughs) That's a Bengals win right there. And in that week two Thursday night football game, I mean, Joe Burrow was just coming down the field and really starting to make Cleveland fans sweat a little bit. I have some co-workers up in Cleveland that were not feeling great after that game. (laughs) I really felt the Joe Burrow heat. But with the Ravens, or the Raptors, excuse me, (laughs) I just keep looking at that team, and there's just going to be a way – for people to get the best of Lamar Jackson. And Lou did a little bit in the first matchup. Last yeah, year. yeah, exactly. The first matchup, he really didn't do anything. It was the running backs that killed us in that first one. We kept him pretty much in check. And for what I – not that I did any research on it, just other guys who have done research on it were saying they, they had uh, – uh, uh, oh, I can't – what is the cornerback's name? Uh, who uh, – I can't remember his name now. Darius Phillips. There it is. There you go. Yeah. They had him kind of being the spy. On Lamar Jackson, and that really that really kept them in check. Now, why they didn't do that the second game, I don't know. But Lou kind of does that stuff. That's where 
My, my whole prediction depends on Lou, and I call him Lou Armadillo, and I call him that until he actually gets the defense going because <laughs> he honestly drives me nuts, and I kind of wish they would have got somebody else instead of him, but he's who we got, so I'm hoping that uh, he can step up and make some changes because what scares me about Lou is his seems like his lack of adjustments. I mean, I, I, and I always go back to the Indianapolis Colts game last year. How many times – did we see a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end run a slant and be wide open in the middle of the field? And there's no banging within five yards of them. I remember looking at my dad going, what, what are they doing? I mean, like, like before, before he hacks the ball, I said, they're going to go over the middle. And they did. I'm like, if I can see that, why can't he see that? And so that's where I'm like, I don't know. What's your feelings on uh, on Lou Armadillo? Yeah. And I think there, yeah. I got to say a little bit. I'll give Lou a little slack in this capacity in that the Bengals really have not addressed linebacker in either of the last two off seasons. Um, I mean, aside from drafting Logan Wilson, who I think is going to evolve into a really, really special player. But we don't have those guys, huh? They drafted three last year. Three linebackers oh, yeah. last year. Those guys are still pretty fresh. Uh, yeah. David Aether and Marcus Bailey, both still very young. Uh, Bailey in particular has not played more than a couple snaps. and I think they were all on special teams. Uh, Davis Gaither, you're looking to be more kind of that blitzing linebacker right. playing outside a little bit more. But I mean, maybe year two Logan Wilson helps clean up a lot more of those passes over the middle because the guy really started to come on at the end of the year last year. Um, he's not going to have Josh Bynes to rely on for some of that veteran help. But Josh Bynes is not fast. So, I mean, yeah. that's not really going to be a big difference in tracking down those slants and, you know, going to get those guys on the edge. I do – hope that another year in Lou Anarumo's system, and this is just the hope, and Lou Armadillo, if you're listening, <laughs> please give us confidence that the guys this front office has invested in, be it draft, be it free agency, are coming together through these full attendance OTAs and mini camp sessions. I need to see a little more chemistry on the field. I need to feel like these guys are communicating and knowing what each other are doing because I haven't seen that in the last two years. Right. And credit Marvin Lewis for that kind of like chemistry and that we kind of relied on. I mean, up until it all fell apart during yeah. the Terrell Austin season. But, yeah, I mean, we really need to see some chemistry on the field this year. There's too much invested in this particular iteration of the Bengals for there not to be. Exactly. And and, and you made a good point here is hopefully that we had no OTAs, not really at offseason last year. This year, everybody, 100% attend, attendance were at OTAs. To me, I'm hoping – that makes a difference. I mean, it should because another good thing, I will say it this way, that, that I think it the players are there to back up Zach and Lou. I, I think they all believe they're all in because if they weren't, why in the hell would they show up early when they don't have to? So I do think that's going to make a, a bigger difference. And I hate to say it, but you, they kind of got – not hate to say it, but they kind of got rid of the the naysayers. I mean, Carlos Dunlap is, isn't there anymore. He was one of the biggest voices against Zach and Lou and a couple other guys. They got rid of them. So hopefully – that will help as well because you got to have guys that are all bought in. And to me, it seems like everybody on this team is bought in. So that should, quote, unquote, <laughs> translate to the field. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's really going to be a work in progress, unfortunately. I would not be surprised if they're in some of these games, early in the season in particular, where it's just going to be a shootout. Just because when you're playing with a whole new group of guys, and when you really look at what they've done over the last two off seasons. It's basically a whole new defensive front. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just a handful of guys. It's a brand new bunch of dudes. 
The whole so same as secondary. It's all new. I mean, every, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Cox has got a good a good comment in here. I want to get up here. He said in the middle of the field was Bynes. He was uh, constantly out of position. So maybe that you know that might have something to do with it. I mean, I, I really like Logan Wilson. I think he was really starting to make progression last year. Oh yeah, progress until he got injured. Like we said, with a lot of Bengals last year, <laughs> that they were getting better. And I, I like I like Akeem Davis Gaither. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it is kind of kind of thin there, but they did address it in the draft last or the year before last. So they got to step up. But hopefully, like I said, to me, the biggest key is it, it comes down to the front four. That that's that's the whole thing. You, you got to have you got to stop the run and you got to get pressure on the quarterback. If you can do that consistently, it makes everybody else's job a hell of a lot easier. And it's going to make it a lot easier on Joe Burrow. You're going to give him the ball in better positions. You're not going to make him throw a million times because he's not going to have to be in these boat races anymore. And the guy is just going to be able to sit back and cook in favorable positions and put the defense in better positions because of it. It all comes together if you get that defense to get a little more pressure and do a little bit better job stopping the run. I'm not asking for them to be the best defense in the league this year. They don't have to be. That's the thing. Middle tier. I'm asking for like 20th. If you can yeah. hit 20th, it's game changing. Yeah, 20, 15, 20, something like that. They don't. They don't yeah. have to be. The, that's what I'm saying with my bold prediction. With our offense, they can rely on that a lot. And our offense is, I think, so talented. I mean, I, I've, I said this before on my show that I think Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd have a chance to be better than Chad, T.J. And Chris Henry because they are pretty damn good, but I think they got shot, shot at being better. But we'll see what happens. But either way, they—they—that's the most talented trio of wide receivers, or this is the most talented trio of wide receivers we've had since then. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting perspective because in my my reaction to that is I think they should be better than that trio, just because Tyler Boyd is really established at this point. He's in my own opinion, which is a little biased, but I feel like pretty fair, the best slot receiver in football. I think the ceiling on T. Higgins is clearly better than anything T.J. Kuzmanzada could have oh. done, and he's getting better already. I mean, you hear some of the reports coming out of camp, and they're just blown away. And then Chad, yeah. just, you know, second-round receiver, Jamar Chase was the fifth overall pick for a reason. So you'd, right. you, I mean, maybe not all of them achieve, you know, better than the guy before them, better than that 2005 kind of like nucleus. But I mean, just based on the position of like draft and all that stuff. As much as they've invested in these guys, you really, really want to see those be the best, like the best tandem. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I got see here. What was that question? Oh, here it is. From the natural. He said, uh, who's going to be the number one corner? Now, that's an interesting question. I'm assuming Trey Waynes, but I don't I don't really know. They, I don't know if they're going to actually have one. I, I mean, they have to have one, obviously, but I, but I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? It's hard to answer. My gut, just based on things I've read coming out of camp, the tape I've watched, um, I would go Chidobia Wouzier as your number one technical corner. Granted, that's not the way Louis Anarumo designs his defense. Their corners right. don't really travel, so you'll see right. them stick to one side for the most part. But right. I think if you're looking for that guy that's going to be closer to the lockdown corner you'd want, Chidobia Wouzier is going to be your guy. And you expect him to take a leap. He's still like kind of in the meat of his career. With injury, had some injury stuff last year in Dallas, so we didn't really get to emerge. But early in his career, that dude was playing some awesome football. I'd expect another leap from him this year, and I'd really expect him to take ownership of that number one corner role. Well, that's that's the cool thing too about pretty much 
every guy they got in free agent, they are all either in their prime or right on the verge of their prime. You know, they, they, they've, they're not rookies. They're not old. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many times back in the 90s they're like, oh, we got a free agent. That, that's great. He's 50 years old. You know, but he was bad. He was really good back in the 80s. Well, it doesn't do us any good now. We got, we got guys now that are on the verge of being really good to already establish themselves. Like DJ Reader is the perfect guy. I mean, he was the, the number, probably one of the number one guys to get for that for his position. And the Bengals got him. Now, he was a huge loss last year. If we and, that, and that's the thing, he was a huge loss. Trey Williams was a huge, huge loss. So two of the big free agents we got last year, we didn't get to see him. Yeah. So that's where I'm. I, 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 I we got to stay healthy. <laughs> I keep saying that, but it's it's the thing you have to do because we. Ne- I was so excited last year to see the rotation of Mike Daniels and DJ Reader and Gino. We never saw it. Not one game last year were all three of them healthy at the same time. So we have four guys right now. I mean, I know. Uh, uh, Shelvin isn't three tech, but still, yeah. Of of we have four guys that we can put in there three technique and the two gap guys, where we can play multiple different kinds of, of defense, and that's again where I think what Lou wants to do. Yeah, and it's really interesting too because also coming out of camp, I feel like I'm being Mister Reed GF Hobson's articles a little too closely. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're lining up Trey Hendrickson in some of those three tech opportunities on pass rushing downs. Hubbard obviously lined up there last year. They're going to do a lot of different stuff on that defensive line this year. And I really expect it to be super duper interesting on every third down and every passing opportunity. And I would not want to be a team playing the Bengals because I don't know what they're going to throw at them. Exactly. D Ray's got a, an interesting comment on here. And I forget about Eli Apple. We signed him too. He said, and maybe Luke can get Eli Apple to play at the level he did where he was drafted, which Eli Apple has, I won't say he's been a bust, but he has not lived up to his draft status whatsoever. And I, Let's be real. He's not being brought in here to be a starting DB. He he is a bench guy that to come in and nickel situations, different stuff like that. But you never know if Luke can get something out of him that's better than what we thought. That would be a good thing. Yeah, and that's an interesting note. I always forget that Eli Apple's on the team. Mostly yeah. because I spent a lot of time talking about how good Darius Phillips actually is. Mm-hmm. One thing that I feel like maybe. I mean, are we not understanding it? Because the coaching staff seems to always be trying to find a way to push him out. But right. I think he plays some awesome football when given the opportunities. So maybe that just puts a little fire under Darius Phillips more than you get an elevation out of Eli Apple. I mean, that's the way I see it. But, I mean, if you get that untapped potential out of Eli Apple and you get that first-round corner, I think a top 15 pick a couple seasons ago, mm-hmm. I mean, you're really in the money now. And Louie Anarumo is really starting to add some money onto his next contract. Exactly. What have you? You, uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been after they signed Eli Apple, but uh, Darius tweeted out the LeBron James in his uh suit and shorts getting up and leaving the the press conference. That was his answer to to them signing people. So yeah, he's a little a little fired up, a little little you know going okay. What am I chopped liver? And I've said this too. I think Darius Phillips honestly should be in the running to be our, our punt returner. I think it comes down to him. And Trey Turner, who they the guy they signed from this, and again another nickname I call them the Sucky Niners because they beat us twice in the Super Bowl. But he came from the Sucky Niners, so yeah. I think it comes down to those two as far as the pumpers are. I know Chris uh, Evans, maybe, but I, I and I know we got um, Puka, but I, we got a lot of guys that could be the pump return. But I really, I, my personal opinion, I really like Darius Phillips to be given that shot. Yeah, and we had Zoom Huda on our show a couple weeks. And 
he kind of really refreshed me on some of the amazing things Darius Phillips has done as the punt returner and when given the opportunity. Now, I think there's been some chances he's had in camp where there's been some drops, some plays that weren't read especially well. But there's a game against Buffalo where he is just absolutely causing nightmares for their special teams unit. And if you get that guy out there, give him a role where he can really go out there and shake and bake a little bit. I mean, I think people are going to be all over the Darius Phillips hype train all over again. So I think that's a really interesting pick. Uh, I like the other guys you mentioned there. Trent Taylor was kind of that late ad. I don't really know how much of an impact he's going to add. I mean, fans are really sick of the Alex Erickson style punt returner at this point. <laughs> they really are. Like, it's not funny to them at all. Oh, dude, I, I, I will be happy if I never see some a Bengal fair catch a punt on the three-yard line. I'm like, I don't know how many times I yell, like, what you, this is let the ball bounce in the end zone. <laughs> See what happens. He would fair catch it on a three and five yard line. Yeah. Oh. Pac-Man. yeah. <laughs> I feel like Pac-Man needs to come in and coach some special teams or something. No fair catches ever. You're not allowed to do it. Pa- Breaking the rules. Yeah, Pac-Man would bring it out no matter what. Now, did, now you cut out a little bit little bit there, but did you say you had Zim Huday on your show? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. That's my boy. I, that's – Zim is a blast. He is all Bengals all the time. And, dude, every time he comes on, on my show, he gets me fired up. I'm ready to go through a wall just talking oh, to him. He, he's fun. <laughs> now, um, TNC, you're talking about Brandon Wilson. Yeah, Brandon Wilson is a kick returner. We're talking punt return. <laughs> so, two different guys. Yeah, I do yeah. like Brandon Wilson, too, but in a different role. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Wilson is one of the best kick returners in football. And, I, and, and your kick returner and your punt returner, they're never – Never the same guy. I mean, I don't even think Deion Sanders ever returned a kick. He did. He did punts all the time. Yeah. I mean, I just want to give a real quick shout out to Bengals special team coach, someone that maybe isn't well known around the league, even a little underappreciated in the fan base, I think. But Darren Simmons has done oh. just an outstanding job with everything Bengals special teams. So I have no doubt in my heart of hearts that he'll pick the right guy for that punt return job. Oh, right he, he, he's one of the best special yeah. team. Yeah, he's one of his best. Best special team coaches ever. Now, my one of my usual ve- viewers, a uh, Crip Keeper, he loves him and he thinks that if Zach doesn't work out, that Darren should be our next head coach. But I'm hoping Zach wor- works out because if it doesn't work out, then we're we're owing whatever and we're back to square one. And I don't really want to see that. But let's get into the the we have the funny thing is we talked all this this stuff. We've been talking for a half hour and all these good things with Bengals. We haven't even mentioned Joe Burrow. Not really. I mean. Yeah. He is back day one of OTAs throwing passes. His knee is at 80 to 85%. Not only did he rehab his knee, he also increased his arm strength. I think that is awesome because there's so many people on here going, oh, well, you know, hey, you're crazy. Tell me I was crazy. I think I thought he'd be back game one. You know, I don't think he'd be back for, for the preseason or anything like that. But I'm like, I think he'll be back game one. I was like, oh, you're crazy. He's going to be back in, in October or November or so, something like that. He's back day one of OTAs. I mean, when he doesn't have to be there with an increased arm. I mean, that is, if that doesn't get you hyped up, and that doesn't tell you how much that guy wants to win and how much he's into it and he's the leader of your football team, that, that, that that's a good sign. I mean, it's pretty fascinating to see all the stuff he's doing in, in camp. And, you know, at this stage, I mean, we're coming off a major catastrophic knee injury. I mean, one of the worst knee injuries I think I've, like, witnessed on TV. I mean, quarterbacks anyway, and there's been some horrific quarterback injuries, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, Alex Smith, for example. I mean, that's oh, the yeah. one. 
But your quarterback is back on the field ready by, like, the time everyone else is coming back to the team. I mean, that just shows, like, the leadership value that he brings. And I've had some conversations with Elizabeth Blackburn. It was a really cool opportunity. I was in that New Stripes whole thing. Heck of a time. But just the, like, fingerprint that he leaves on everything this organization is doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Ring of Honor, you can tell there's something about building this culture around this new fixture, this new piece. Every single thing this franchise is doing right now, the people they're bringing in, the coaches they're hiring, the front office moves they're choosing. I mean, obviously, the top of the draft is Jamar Chase. I mean, that's not who you pick if you don't have Joe Burrow at quarterback. It's just not. And it's just everything Joe Burrow is doing for this franchise right now, it's a symbiotic relationship. They want to help him win, and he wants to help the Bengals win. And it's really, really cool to see. And you won't see guys at his age doing stuff like that. He's three months younger than me. He's 24 years old. And I could not be more impressed with that human being. Holy crap, you guys are babies. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that 24, yeah, I'm like, shoot, 24. I even, I, like I said, when I was 24 and 21 years old, I'm glad there was no video video phones around at all. That's, that's, <laughs> that, I, I would have had some, uh, some not very good uh, videos being, nice. being shot at me back then. But, yeah, for being that age and being just motivated and, 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 and mature, and the thing is, I compare he's he that he has he still has this chip on his shoulder that he's had since he was at Ohio State when he got passed over and not being the quarterback there. He had to go prove it in LSU. So he came to Cincinnati. Now he's got a knee injury. Oh, he's gonna be he's not gonna be the same. He's not gonna do this. He's not gonna be back. Okay, I'll prove you wrong. He's back at OTAs. He's got that mentality that I will prove you wrong. I I'm this is gonna work. We're gonna make this work, and I will show I will lead you. To, to doing it. And that has, I think, and I agree that I think that has changed the whole image and the whole thought process of the Bengals and the organization. I mean, you can tell just by what they've done the last two years in the offseason. I mean, forever, we didn't sign free agency. I mean, I didn't even pay attention, honestly, to free agency because <laughs> the Bengals never did anything. So I'm like, what well, else? Get to the draft, you know, because we didn't do anything. The last two years, we've been all in. And I think that has a lot to do with. Jackpot Joey Burrow being here, and they realize that he has the potential to be, and this is a bold statement too, but I really do think he has the potential to be the best quarterback ever for this franchise, and that includes Ken Anderson, who should be in the Hall of Fame, which we'll be going to the jungle to the Hall rally this Saturday. I'll be talking about that later on, but yeah, but I, I, that's I do agree. I think his image and his his just his character stuff is, is changing stuff around here for the good. It's really really cool, and just to quickly touch on that kind of chip on his shoulder. I mean, Urban Meyer passing up on Joe Burrow is very interesting to me. And it's making me super duper excited for a game I will 100 be or 100% be attending. That Jaguars game on Thursday night football against Trevor Lawrence. I would not want to be Trevor Lawrence on that night. I think I might want to I think I might want to do a calf that week or something because Joe Burrow is going to come out with more of a vengeance than I think we've ever seen. And I didn't even know it was possible for that to be a factor, but yeah, just Joe Burrow, the person, it's fascinating. I mean, everything he does is like some sort of, I don't know. I've never seen a quarterback really have that energy about him. I mean, aside from guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I mean, Peyton Manning, a little more out there, a little more in your face. I mean, I love Peyton Manning. That's just kind of the style. Mahomes tweets about every 35 seconds. (laughs) A lot of these, you know, quarterbacks now, even the big ones kind of have this outspoken nature. Joe Burrow is very calculated in everything he does, mm-hmm. and it's all with purpose. 
I, it's very cool to see. It brings an edge to this team that really has been missing. And Carson Palmer never really brought, never really brought that, that kind of, I don't know, there's like a dark side to it, but there's also like that, I don't yeah. know, Luke Skywalker yeah. aspect about it too. You, you, cool. you got to have that, I'm going to stomp on your throat when, when, I, when you give me a chance. And that's what Joe Burrow has. And the thing is, it's not, I've said this before, it's not, there, there, to me, there, there's cockiness. Like, like Baker Mayfield come in and just cocky as all get out, which if you can back it up, it's no big deal. It's fine. Joe Burrow, his is more is just confidence, and he proves it. You know, he doesn't have to go out and talk it. He's like, you know, I, you know, I, just like when he did the interview with Cowhead back in, I don't know, March, or April. I can't remember what it was. And Joe was not saying I'll definitely be back game one, but I'm pretty sure I'll be back game one. I mean, that's, that's the way he was. He was saying it back then that I'm going to be back game one, and, and it's not, and it wasn't cocky. It was just. The way he says it, it's just you believe him. You know, it's it's like he, yeah, I'll be back. Why wouldn't I be back? It's not, oh yeah, I'm gonna prove all, all the naysayers wrong. I'm gonna come back no matter what. I mean, even better. He's like, no, yeah, I'll be back game one. And it's just a different kind of confidence that it, it just oozes out of him. And you can't help but like the guy just just because of just because of stuff like that. Yeah. And I think this will get Bengals fans very fired up, but a couple weeks ago, we had Jake Liskow on our podcast, and he had recently had a conversation with a fantasy football writer mm-hmm. who made an amazing point. And it's, has Joe Burrow ever said something and not followed through on it? And we're talking about Joe Burrow, who said he's going to bring Super Bowls mm-hmm. to Cincinnati. Yep. Never Bowls. It's a world, baby. It's a yeah. world. And exactly. if Joe Burrow says it, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, I uh, Jake, the good dude's been on my show, and that was Hayden Winks who said that because yeah. he was he was on my show last week. Oh, and, nice. I, and uh, but yeah, that that's and like I said, when he says it, you believe him, and it's and again, it's not cocky; it's just confidence, and it's kind of like you, matter of factly, yeah, we're going to do this, you know. And it's it's I don't know, it's just so refreshing, and it makes you want to go through a wall for the guy, you know. Yeah. It makes me wonder, growing up, why I had so many Carson Palmer jerseys. I feel, like, I feel deprived of like what it feels like to have such an intense leader. Now I should just like invest it in some more Rudy Johnson or some Carson Palmer. Or excuse me, Coach yeah. Senkos. Hey, dude, I, I'm with you. I, I had I had uh, a lot of Carson Palmer jerseys too, but I want to get into this here real quick because I, I my boy Bengal Jim has put this together, and uh, I try to get it out there as much as we can. And it's this Saturday, Jungle to the Hall. If you don't know about it and you're in Cincinnati, then you've been living under a rock. But if you guys have not registered, please go to Bagel Jim's Twitter, register. We're trying to – I think he's right now, he thinks it's going to be between 150 and 200 people there, which is great. But we still need to register to find out exact numbers. It's all free. The rally starts at 1 o'clock at 10 a.m. They're going to be at Madison High School, touring Madison High School. That's where Paul Brown got his start in in, uh, coaching college or high school football. And then you got the rally. Then after that, we get a tour of the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a lot of fun. We need to make sure we get as many Bengals fans there as we can. We need to get Ken Riley and Ken Anderson into the Hall of Fame. We're trying to make up for years and years of nobody promoting our players. <laughs> so we're doing it now. We got a ring of honor. We got the jungle to the hall. So make sure you guys show up. I don't know. Are you planning on going up there, Willie? Or? Unfortunately, I'm not able to this weekend. I had plans way prior to that. It's my dad's birthday and Father's Day this weekend, so we have some cool celebrations. Maybe I'll just have to like tug his arm a little bit and be like, "Hey, maybe we should go up to the Hall of Fame and right. 
rep a little bit. But exactly. You now I'll be supporting from afar. I'll definitely be doing all the retweets, all the favorites. It's time to get some of these Bengals greats in the Hall of Fame, everyone. If you have the opportunity, if you're free this Saturday, get up there. Don't let any weird national writers with bizarre agendas tell you that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome weekend. And I've seen all the stuff that Bengal Jim has prepared on his Twitter account. It's going to be such an awesome event. You're going to want to be there. You're going to want to be a part of this opportunity. You're going to want to be able to spread this Bengals brand. Be there. Be proud. We're orange and black. Do all that stuff. If I can't be there, be there for me because I'm going to be super excited to see all the stuff you guys are doing up there. It's going to be an awesome cause, and it's super cool to see this happening. It's going to be great. I mean, I have a, a very good feeling that I think they both should get in, <laughs> but I think one of them is getting in. Because I think we're making too much noise, and I, I, I'm talking to Bengal Jim on the phone the other day, and he's just like the national, the senior uh, voters are hearing us. He, they're like Bengals Twitter, Hootay Nation is blowing up. So whatever we're all doing, which I know what we're doing, I'm part of it, you're part of it, Bengal Jim's part of it. I know lots of guys that are watching the show right now are part of it. We got to keep doing it. And the culmination of it, I want to say the culmination because it's not ever until we actually get them in. But this is a big part. So we definitely not got to try to show up, make our voices heard. Because I think I think Willie Anderson is he's literally flying in. Now we're not even trying to, I mean, we are trying to get him in, not at this time. He's the next one we gotta get in. Yeah. But he's flying from Atlanta to come up here to be a part of this, as far as I know. So <laughs> if he's doing and like I said, I have pushed my vacation back. My wife and daughter are leaving Thursday. Well, I'm not leaving until Sunday after this thing, so I can go to this. So it's very important to me that we get as many Bengals fans there as we can get. And it's about time. We got one Bengal in the freaking Hall of Fame. We got more players. I mean, Lamar Parrish, Isaac Curtis, Willie Anderson, Corey Dillon, all these guys should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no reason they're not. I mean, if you look at, just for example, is there any doubt in your mind that if you take Chad Johnson's resume – and put him in a Dallas Cowboys uniform for his entire career, that he's oh, yeah. not like the first ballot Hall of Famer because oh, yeah. I think it's very obvious. Oh, yeah. it's, time. it's time to change the narrative around the Bengals. This is a real team that's had real success. We've been in two Super Bowls, something the Browns can't say. I mean, this is a team that's had success, and they're building success now. It's time to represent this franchise. Paul Brown set this vision a long time ago, and it's time to honor Paul Brown's vision too. It's a part of all of it, and it's really, really past due for some of these Bengals legends especially in the instance of Ken Anderson and Ken Riley to get started. Exactly. And the cool thing is, too, is what's also going to help is the Bengals being a relative good football team. I mean, if we are going to multiple Super Bowls, like Joe Burrow has said, which I think we have a shot at doing that, then that's also going to help to change the narrative of, of, of our organization and the the attitude that the national media has toward this, this, this city, which – I love this city. This is, I, I grew up here. I love this city. I love the Bengals. I love the Reds. I love the Bearcats. This is a great city. And people just crap on it all the time. I, I, I don't get it. I, they do it. They haven't even been here. It's like Jamar Chase saying, like, I thought it was just a bunch yes. of sand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, crazy. Uh, it's like, it thought it was a bunch of farm country, which is funny because he was just in Cleveland for the draft. So that's where I'm like, like, so what, I mean, hey, he didn't know, he didn't know. That, that's fine. But I just, I, cra that cracked me up. He thought it would be a bunch of land, which actually, Ohio and Cincinnati, we're, there's nothing flat here. <laughs> so, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. Up, up if you're you're up in Columbus, you said that that's flatter than than, than down here in Cincinnati. There ain't nothing flat down here. Yeah, no, Cincinnati is one. I mean, I grew up there. I'm a Loveland, Ohio native. I spent my formative years in the five one three area. It's still my cell phone uh, code or whatever. I love Cincinnati. Full of hills, full of great towns, great cities, great stuff around. It's time to bring proper representation to the city, and I think doing like getting some of those Hall of Fame guys in there. It's not worth nothing. It puts a little more landmark in a city that's really, really special. And the thing is, too, is most of these guys still live here. A lot of these guys, a lot of these former Bengals, they still live here. You know, and that kind of tells you what a great city this is because they're not from here. But they stayed here after they retired. So, again, that tells you what a great city we have. I mean, looking at Anthony Munoz and Los Angeles transplant, or transplant excuse me, that mm-hmm. wants to live in Cincinnati, Ohio, that's not nothing. Exactly, exactly. Well, Willie, I appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. Tell everybody where they can follow you when your next podcast is coming out, when your next article is coming out, your Twitter handle, all that junk. Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep myself pretty busy over the next couple of weeks, which is surprising because we're about ready to hit a major dead time in the NFL where there's no transactions, there's no real camp going on. I mean, mini camp's just getting started, but – but but that, that, be pretty devoid. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Same Old Stripes, which is my podcast. Uh, we're going to be releasing an episode actually uh, tomorrow morning. We're recording in, I don't know, four hours. So we'll get something out for you guys pretty quickly. You can also find me uh, writing for Last Word on NFL. I don't know when my next piece is coming out, but I just put out a big piece on how Tyler Shelvin is going to impact the run game, which we talked a lot about at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm also writing for Bet Jack Ohio. Uh, I hate to rep some Cleveland stuff, but they're a Cleveland. Oh, boy, man. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a bunch of cool new stuff. And for you guys out there, and I know that your audience is going to be really excited about this, but sports betting is coming to Ohio people. Woo-hoo! We're going to be bringing you all the coverage on that. So give all those things a follow or at least give one of them a follow because really, I mean, I, just do it, please. <laughs> please. please. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we're not too, too too ashamed to beg around here. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. well, 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 I appreciate it. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime. And I will definitely checking out your, your podcast when it comes out the next one. And other than that, brother, who day, who day. Thanks so much for having me on. This was a blast. Thanks, man. All right, guys. So definitely make sure you got there and you check out their podcast. It's uh same old stripes and he is, Will Lutz, he writes for uh, The Last Word on the NFL, which I might be writing for them. I su- submitted something. We'll see if they liked it. If they didn't like it, then I might post it somewhere else. <laughs> but we'll see. And it was pretty much me defending why my crazy ass thinks we have a shot at going 11-6. But we'll see. And if they, if they like it, then you guys can read it. If they don't like it, then I'll try to find somewhere else to put it out. But we'll see. So let's get to the Facebook groups. That let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. Uh, let's see where they Got to get to my list. Uh, Two-Day Nation, a great Cincinnati Bengals group. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the jungle. Bengals Nation, Bengals Who-Day Nation. Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home. Bearcat Country, the ice bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let's see, the Twitter handle is Jeff A. Trenopol. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I'm also on TikTok. You can find that at Iceman90. We'll be pulling the sound off of the show later on tonight. Uh, hopefully by 7 o'clock, maybe 8 o'clock by the time the Reds game starts. Uh, it'll be uploaded. 
so you guys can turn sound down on a baseball game and listen to me if you want to. Uh, make sure you like, rate, and review. Download it. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm Bean Pod, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spotify. Like I said, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, I am there. YouTubers, awesome. I'm at 1,133 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Tomorrow, we got the man. We got Bengal Jim coming on. We will be discussing wall-to-wall coverage of the jungle to the hall. Please make sure you guys can show up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know it's a long drive. It's four hours away, but daggone it. You only get to do this thing once. Let's go do it. Let's get it done. Reds tonight, age 15, taking on the Boozers. Yes, the Milwaukee Boozers. That's my new nickname for, for them. If you guys saw my uh, local uh, regular guys are wondering what I was going to call them, but I think it's the Cincinnati Boozers. Yeah, let me know if you like that nickname. Um, taking on them tonight. Vladimir Gutierrez is pitching again. He's had three really good starts. He's only a five-inning pitcher. Hopefully, the bullpen will step up. We need to knock the crap out of the ball, I think, and get a huge lead. Hopefully, the Reds front office, like I said, will do something and try to get us some bullpen help. That would be wonderful. Again, Hunter Green will probably be here in September. Hunter Green it's going to be one hell of a starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds for the future. Need to make sure he's nice and healthy. He's mentally ready. Ready to go. Don't screw this up. This could be big. So that's why I don't want to bring him up yet. Go make some trades. Get some veteran bullpen guys. And let's go win this thing. Let's go win two out of three. We win two out of three from the Brewers. You never know. Could be getting kind of fun around here. But that brings me to the end. And as Jeremy D, my boy, brother, hope you feel better. Hopefully he'll be on the show tomorrow. We'll find out. Would always say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? And then I come in and say, and that's your sports, baby. See ya!